I, I wanted to discuss the uh, Scott Pressler uh, golf clap. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I want to walk you through a, a text I received. Um, and hopefully, I've, I've and, and, and let, me, let, me, let me qualify that. I want to take you through a really good text I received among many. This was a good one. Um, and it, it, it's dealing with Scott Pressler. And a lot of folks are like, um, isn't he gay? <laughs> Honestly, uh, I don't know. I don't even know what his faith is. Why is he coming to the church? Because I like what he does. Now, a lot of you are processing that. And, and we're in territory we've never been before. And, and, and if we've been doing it right as a church for so long, why are we in such a mess? So we're trying to figure it out, and we're assembling the airplane while it's flying. <laughs> now, I wanna, do, we, do we have the, the text on the, you're working on it. Okay, I'll, I'll buy some. Oh, we're ready. Okay, then I don't have to tap dance anymore. Thank you. Uh, what happened here? Okay. Hi, Rob. Hope you're well. My spouse and I are, uh, and our God Speak home group are very concerned about Scott Pressler speaking from the pulpit Sunday. Can you help us understand why this is good for the body in light of 2 John 1, 10 and 11? If anybody comes to your meeting and does not teach the truth about Christ, don't invite that person into your home or give any kind of encouragement. Anyone who encourages such people becomes a partner in their evil work. And then, you know, that's, that's a good verse. And you know what I love about this is such a proper text. Folks, this is a lesson on how to do it. I highlighted it. Can you help me understand why this is good for the body? There's, there's, there's no coarse words. There's no, uh, you know, condemnation. Help me understand what you're thinking. Because on the surface, I don't get it. I was, I would, uh, you guys know uh, Joseph Bondarenko, Pastor Joseph Bondarenko. 23 hours a day, solitary confinement, KGB in Ukraine. I was in San Clemente um, with James O'Keefe, uh, the Bengards at their place. They were doing a, a, a gathering. Rick and I were there. And um, Joseph always brings me aside. He says, uh, I don't understand what you're doing. But I'm okay with it. <laughs> because he's old school and he's not sure and he doesn't want me to get in trouble. And I get that too. Listen, I labor over this. And people are saying, why'd you bring Scott Pressler to the church? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you... Go along with me. Here was my response. Dear person, I know the person's name. <laughs> Thank you for texting. Most would whisper judgment and condemnation instead of genuinely and sincerely reaching out for explanation. I'll respond by simply saying we are making our facility available to him as we do other organizations. He doesn't come to deceive nor promote a false Christ. John was dealing with a heresy of false preachers pretending to be believers in 2 John. Okay? Context. This is not the case. He will speak truth in regards to what he has helped exposed. Uh, it, it's, they, it's a typo, helped expose. The same as Dr. James Lindsay, Dr. Simone Gold, and James O'Keefe. I will present Christ at the beginning and at the end and qualify this before he speaks as I have always done. If the pulpits in America were held to Second John, they would be found guilty. It's tragic that courage and costly commitment to truth that has resulted in unjust arrest and ridicule is found not from the pulpits, but from non-believers. They, pastors, bow to tyranny and lies and lead their people into oppression 
And no such text is sent to these pastors nor their elders. I'm grateful for your vigilance and concern and, your, and you deserve my attention and sincere response. Not only will truth and courage be honored Sunday night, but more importantly, Jesus will be clearly presented as he and he alone is truth. <clears throat> I meant every word and I love this person and I know their heart. And a gentle answer turns away wrath, but there's no wrath in this person. They sincerely wanted to know, and their response shows it. You know, thank you for your thoughtful explanation. Oh, you can take that off. Get out of there. Turn, turn it off. You guys didn't clear it. Get rid of it. Skip. Skip. Is it gone? Okay, good. Yeah, so they invited me to go hang out their place. Take out names, please. Thank you. I thought I'd done that. Apparently, I hadn't. I was in a hurry. So um, they, they just said, thank you for your response. And it was thoughtful in the explanation. And they were settled with that. And then they went on to say, our home group prays for you. And we love you. And would you come and speak sometime when you're in town? Just drop in. I'm like, yeah, I'd love, you know. What typically happens in a church is people elevate their status by whispering and judgment and condemnation and uh, sowing discord. And we're going to be in a place where you're going to be able to do a lot of that. But, but we're not going to be building anything because we're going to have those folks tearing it apart. The Bible says, mark those who cause division. The, the sixth of the great sins is sowing discord among the brethren. Discord is, if you're not part of the problem or the solution, stay out of the way. If you're frustrated, take it up and get an answer. And people will respond, and we'll do our best to give you an answer. If you disagree with it, all things are permissible, not all things are, are, you know, profitable. But in this case, I like this guy. He, he has, he's on a journey, and, and, and as it says in Galatians 3, the law is a guardian, a school teacher to point us to Christ until faith comes. He's rowing in these streams of liberty, which is God's idea, not man's idea. And I'm going to help him row because I know where he's going and where he's going to end up. And if this is a problem that's, yeah, thank you. God bless you. For if this is a problem in the body of Christ that we cannot tolerate anyone, this is, this is a wooden stand and this is a building. When we're having service, the word of God is being taught and we're elevating. Sunday night, we don't have service. He's coming in to teach. And, and any time that someone comes, I qualify that they're going to speak truth in their area, but they're not professing Christians. And I'll present Christ. That's my job. I'm the minister and yours to live it and to proclaim it. Amen? But when they come, are they lying? No. Are they deceiving? No. They don't come to deceive. They don't want to promote a false Christ. They're coming to testify to the truth that they do stand upon. And that's all right. Because a lot of us are unaware of critical race theory. I'm sure glad that a once professing atheist who now I believe is an agnostic and is a nanosecond from being a Christian, Dr. James Lindsay, came and shared with us about critical race theory or we all still be lost in stupidity. James O'Keefe, I'm telling you, Joseph Bondarenko is pouring on on that guy and he loves him. And James is processing things, and he's going through it, and he had a long conversation with Joseph. And the reason why is because this church availed and opened up those doors, and this will be the first church James O'Keefe has ever spoken in. You did that. 
And, and oh, he's, he's not a Christian. I am. I'll present Christ. And then he'll talk about his, the, the truth that, that is evident and how he believes in absolute truth and stands upon it. He just hasn't met agnostic without, without knowledge, agnosis. James is Jesus. He'll come to know that. I've said that to James Lindsay. I'll say it. I said James O'Keefe. This is how it works, folks. So I guess it's like eating a chicken. Eat the meat and spit out the bones. And I'll, I, I, that's the best I can give you. <laughs> One more thing is we prepare to study God's word. Selection season, it's a primary. And assembling the airplane while it's flying, you start to learn things. And I'm gonna tell you from, from this day forward, I will never endorse anybody in a primary. Primaries are so that cream rises and you contend. You gotta do your work. You gotta walk precincts, make phone calls. Now, the, the, the ones I did endorse, I endorse sincerely and I'll stand behind. Absolutely. But I come to realize that the primary is where you show yourself able to go forward. And the Bible says, mark those who have divisions. You can, you can contend with ideology, but people are not the enemy, they're the opportunity. Everybody's welcome in this building, everybody. Unless they seek to threaten us or hurt us or disturb us, they're welcome. And we're gonna welcome them and love them because people aren't the enemy, they're the opportunity. And if we cause division politically, you can stand upon opposite ideologies, but when you step into this building, we're brethren, okay? Can I get an amen? Well, those are the ground rules. Let's move it. All right, get your Bibles. Open up to Nehemiah chapter 4 if you need a Bible. These lovely ladies will give you one. Just raise your hand. Nehemiah chapter 4. Nehemiah is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite books of the Bible. Uh, this, this book was instrumental in my formation uh, as a minister. I fell in love with this book. I, I've, I've gained so much insight into how a community is established. I've, I've, probably, I've probably read it easily 50 times. I, I keep going back to it when I go through seasons where I have to figure out uh, kind of a direction for the church or when I was on council for the city how God operates in the affairs of man and, and how a community is developed and how, and, and one of my favorites, all time favorites is chapter four because it deals with what every leader is going to face and that's called a tax. There's, there's those who stand in opposition to what God wants to do and, and truth is, is, is ridiculed and mocked, then it's violently opposed and then it's considered self-evident. It's interesting that all of us have been mocked and ridiculed. And you are the super spreaders and you're killing grandma and grandpa and, and, and you're, you're responsible for, and, and you, those of you who have not been vaccinated yet, I don't even know where to begin with you. <laughs> and, and, the, and oh my goodness. Well now, now the narrative is collapsing if you're noticing. It's, 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 it's collapsing rapidly. We got word. We got word, and I won't tell you where it's from. 
mandates, masks, all going to be shut down in two weeks. Because, oh, 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 oh. Don't be so stupid. They did this before the election, you remember? And then they doubled down and came after your kids. We're going into an election. Oh, we're free, thank you, oh. No, we have always been free. But now you're seeing the numbers, and they're devastating. Rendezvere, what they're doing, they're complicit, and they're, they're going, they're, they're liable. Anyone, think about this. The test, and, and all the studies are coming out, you have the antibody test, you, you, you've had COVID, and you've got the antibodies, which happens with a virus. It's a fascinating concept, the way God made it. And the people that are getting sick have had the triple... Fauci, ouchy. Clot shot. I don't know how to pronounce it, but something like that. So the people who've been fired, who were never given the ability, right, Chris? Who were never given the ability as a medical doctor at UCLA to pre present his antibodies to medical science doctors that I'm not a threat. There's lawsuits coming, and they won't know what to do with it. The studies have proven that antibodies and the folks that have survived COVID just naturally with the gift God gave us are, are not even, you know, I, I'm not having any problem with these collect them all variants. It's... My point is the narrative is changing and it's changing because of people like James O'Keefe, Scott Pressler, David Delayden. These are folks, Lila Rose. And they go in and the, the press is to report truth and the people are, the pulpits are to proclaim it and the people are to live it. And that's what we're doing. And I, I wanna take you through this idea of how the enemy works because as we're trying to figure out how to assemble a government that represents that which would protect our businesses and our families and our schools and not this insanity of, of fear mongering. We don't know how to do it, so we just decided to do it. We look at a newspaper that they write an article by watching our videos locally. Oh, that's great reporting. And they've got an angle and a bias. So folks started their own newspaper. I love it, it's pretty cool. And I'm watching as people are running for city council and for school board and for supervisor and we're watching all this take place with people that would never have darkened the doors of engagement in the public arena. And that is the narrative change. We're watching Brave, this coalition of businesses contend with the county, amen. So. All that being said, there's always gonna be opposition. That's what I love about Nehemiah. This guy gets it, he's gonna give us a practical roadmap. So stand up, let's read it. I gotta be quick, because we gotta get you out of here, because you don't get to keep your seats. That's what, <laughs> it wasn't me, it's what Rick said. And I, I know. All right, Nehemiah four, verse one. I'll read out loud if you'll follow along with me silently. 
But it so happened when Sanballat heard. Now Sanballat and Tobias are in opposition to Nehemiah. Nehemiah has been given a decree by King Artaxerxes to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. It's been in rubble for a hundred years. He was the cupbearer to the king. He's not supposed to speak. He's supposed to taste the wine in case it's poison. And if he dies, then the king did. And he builds a relationship and the king trusts him. And he, he's not allowed to have a change in countenance in his face. You can't walk around and let everybody know you're upset like Eeyore. And, and that's, how you, that's how you serve in the palace. But this time, Nehemiah went in, and he made sure that the king could see his face. And he says, Nehemiah, you're one of my best servants. What's wrong with you? He says, I'm here serving, and my, my people and their, their, their land is in rubble. What do you need to fix it? He lays it out, and God sends him. Now, he, he, was by, he would have been killed if he had interrupted the king, and the king didn't want to do that. And so now he comes back. He's got everything to do this. He's got a decree from Artaxerxes, who's in charge of the region, and the folks that are there are like, yeah, the king may have said it, but we don't want you here. We don't like your kind. We've been doing it long enough. Well, there's a new sheriff at that. We don't care. And so here's how Samballot and Tobias are contending to stop the good that's to happen. It so happened that Samballot heard we were rebuilding the wall. And he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. Truth is mocked. And he spoke before his brethren in the army of Samaria and said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish, stones that are burned? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him and he said, whatever they build, if even a fox goes up on it, he will break the stone wall. And then this is what they do. They pray. They mock. Nehemiah and the team pray. Hero uh, hear, O oh our God, for we are despised. Turn their reproach on their heads. I love this prayer. <laughs> and give them as plunder to a land of captivity. Do not cover their iniquity. Do not let their sin be blotted out from before you. For they, are provoked, they have provoked you to anger before the builders. So we built the wall. And the entire wall was joined together up to half its height. For the people had a mind to work. They, they were into it. And they get half the wall built. And they're, 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 this is a worthy venture, and they're all unified. Endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. That's what God wants from his children. Amen? Now, it happened when Sembalat and Tobiah, Arabs, the Ammonites, and Ashdites, heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored, and the gaps were beginning to be closed, that they became very angry, and all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. Satan is the author of confusion. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God, and because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. Then Judah, of the 12 tribes, Judah is the line of the tribe of Judah. He was uh, born to uh, Jacob from Leah, and it was her, uh, I think it was her last son because she had given up any hope of him ever loving her and he, she would give birth saying, maybe now my husband will love me. Finally, she just fell in love with the Lord and said, I'm going to name this child uh, Judah, which means, you know, praise. She just said, Lord, it's up to you. This is the one tribe that Jesus finds his lineage, the lion of the tribe of Judah. David is from the, the tribe of Judah. It is a tribe of praise and trust in God. It's the one they all look to for strength. It's where the kings come from. So let's see what Judah has to say to inspire them. The strength of the laborers is failing and there's no, so much rubble that we're not able to build a wall. <laughs> and 
our adversaries, they'll either know or see everything, and they'll come and they'll, they'll miss it, they'll kill them and cause a work disease. That's exactly how he said it. So it was when the Jews who dwelt near them came and told them ten times, from whatever place you turn, they'll be upon us. Therefore, I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings, and I set the people according to their families with their swords and spears and bows. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. And it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us that God had brought their plot to nothing, that all of us returned to the wall, every one to his work, And so it was from that time on that half of my servants worked at construction while the other half held the spears, the shields, the bows, uh, and, and wore armor. And the leaders were behind all the house of Judah. Those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction, with the other hand they held a weapon. And every one of the builders had his sword girded to his side as he built, and one who sounded the trumpet was beside me. Then I said to the nobles and the rulers and the rest of the people, the work is great and extensive and we are separated far from one another on the wall. Whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet rally to us there and our God will fight for us, almost finished. So we labored in the work and half of the men held the spears from daybreak until the stars appeared. At the same time, I also said to the people, let each man and his servants stay at night in Jerusalem uh, that they may be our guard by night and working party by day. So neither I or my brethren, my servants, nor the men or the guard followed me. Um, Let's see. Yep. Took off our clothes except that everyone took them for washing. Uh, So so they, they, I just jumped ahead, but that's. They only took their clothes off for washing. And they worked day and night and then held guard. They're, They're limited. And then when Nehemiah would blow the trumpet, they'd go to the area where the battle was. We'll cover all this. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. And we thank you that you called us to rebuild. It's a task. It appears in California that it's a heap of burning rubble. But God, I marvel at the enthusiasm and excitement of people who have been so abused by tyranny and they're ready to stand. Lord, would you bring encouragement and strength through your word today to all of us? You're our foundation. You are a firm foundation. You're the why in what we do. Lord Jesus, thank you. There isn't anything, there's nothing we wouldn't do or go to honor you for you've given us everything that we might have life and life more abundant. Thank you for your sacrifice, your death, burial, and resurrection. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Bless us now, we pray, with the riches of your word to the depths of our soul. Amen. Have a seat. I used to speak at events and I would follow a man named Rafael Cruz who was the pastor, uh, who's the father of Ted Cruz. He's a pastor. Um, Interesting guy. And I hated the fact that he always quoted from Psalm 11, as though it was um, a calling to preserve America because if you get to this point, the righteous can do nothing. That, that was the context, how he'd say, he'd say, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? We must preserve America. 
I get what he was saying, but that's not the context of the passage. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a psalm of David. And he's dealing with exactly what Nehemiah is dealing with. He's dealing with what every one of you in the room is dealing with. He's dealing with an adversary that's overwhelming, that dominates every specter of what we do. And they are taxing us and they are riding us into oblivion. And when you stand, you're ridiculed and you're mocked. In some cases, violently opposed. You lose your job. You lose your business. You lose your livelihood. Your children are taken out of schools. Those of you who have been abused are now being, you were, you were quarantined with your abusers. They're, they're, they're medically experimenting. And, and you say something and they censor you. We're, we're, we're in this battle. And there's days where you think, man. And I love that we were reading in the passage where it says that they were, the wall was 50% completed. It's like, that, that was a hell of a lot of work. And we had to do that again. I just, I, and then Judah comes out, oh, everybody's tired. The halfway mark is always the deadliest one because you're tired and you got to do it again. And it's just as hard. It'll be harder because you don't have the energy and you still have to do it. And you have time constraints. I'll cover that momentarily. But we're looking, in, in my estimation, at a state that's in rubble in many regards. We have district attorneys, especially now here in Ventura, we have one. We, we, we lost Houghton, we've got this guy now. Problematic, especially in Ventura, that used to be really law and order minded. We're seeing what's happening in LA. You smash and grab anything you want. You, you don't even have to, you don't have to bring money with you when you go into San Francisco. Just take it, it's free. David says in Psalm 11, in the Lord, I put my trust. Let's say that together. In the Lord, I put my trust. One more time. So when you do that, how then can you say, I mean, if, if it's in the Lord, you put your trust. How then can you say to your soul, which is in anguish, Flee as a bird to the mountain. We need to go to Texas. <laughs> Say it with me. In the Lord, I put my trust. But I want to fly to Texas. No, no, no. In the Lord, I put my trust. But Idaho. Okay, okay, I'll stay. But look, they're tacking us. They're bending the bow. They're coming after Christians. They call the church not essential. This, this state's gone to hell in a handbag. How then can you say? They make ready their arrows on the string that they may shoot secretly at the upright in heart. And this is the favorite one. 
If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? The whole state's in rubble. There you go. That's how you do it. This nation was bounded on those, uh, founded on those seeking religious freedom, blown off course, and they weren't lost in God's providence. They were right where they were supposed to be. Squanto shows up speaking the king's English. He had lost his entire tribe and family. The way God orchestrates. And, and, and we're thinking we can't do it. Just look back at the ones who did. Nehemiah wants us to understand how to rebuild. And, and it says, so it happened, Sam Ballot heard that we were rebuilding the wall and he was furious and was very indignant. You know why you're being ridiculed? You know why you're being censored? You know why you're being mocked? Because you're right over the target. Keep going. And they start to realize, these people are not moved by my ridicule of them. No, no. I've heard the best, you stick. Take a number if you wanna mock me. Make fun of me, my physical appearance, whatever you wanna do. That's, that's irrelevant, it, it's an ad hominem attack. They go after you, they, they don't deal with the issues, they don't deal with the statistics and the facts, they just attack the person. And then they associate you, try to make you irrelevant. That's how they work. Nehemiah understood it. So he built the wall, and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height for the people had a mind to work. I want to stop for a second. I was a swimmer. Uh, I know it's hard to believe. <laughs> I was a college athlete. I know that's hard to believe. I was an All-American. And I still hold the records at Fresno State and San Diego Mesa for swimming. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm just telling you, I, that was a guy that no longer is here. <laughs> but I do have a memory of what it was like. And I swam long distance, I swam the 500. And it was my junior year, CIF. The guy's name, uh, Jim uh, Gary was the last name, G-E-A-R-Y. This kid, had an enormous kick at the end of the race. I, I'd be with him the whole way. And then we'd make that last flip turn on the 500. That's 500 yards swimming. We'd make that last flip turn and he'd just And I, I, he had a six beat kick. I had a two beat kick. My legs were not, I, I might as well have been a paraplegic. I swam with my upper body. But my arms were moving, I'm all torso. This kid had a kick, and he just, he just, Mark Twain, you know, paddle wheel boat. <laughs> and I just see that go by me every time. And I thought, I'm going to beat this guy. How do I do it? I got I to gotta disconnect his kick. So CIF, finals, boom, we get in the water. I swim the first 250 yards of a 500 like I'm swimming a 50 freestyle. It's a sprint. I'm, I'm under CIF record by like 11 seconds. 
people are freaking out the stands and I'm just mowing out there. And he's just, and I'm just killing it. And I get to the halfway part and I wanna throw up and I still have that to do. And I got him gaining on me. And I wanna beat him so bad. Every, I was locking up, I, I was, I, I can't describe to you. And I get to the three and I got two and and you just, you, you, you thinking, I've made a mistake, I'm gonna be a fool, I'm, I'm probably gonna pass out. And, and we get to, and they're gaining on me, because I'm dying. And you make that last flip turn. Coming home stretch. We all flip together, the whole thing. We come in. I got fourth. He got fifth. <laughs> I didn't beat the other guys, but I beat him. <laughs> but I know what it's like to be 50% completed and 100% exhausted. And that's what happened here. Sambal, Tobiah, Arabs, Ammonites, Ashdites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored. Gaps were beginning to be closed. They became angry. They're actually gaining traction. We've got to stop these guys. They conspired together, come attack and, and, and create great confusion. Nevertheless, they, they prayed to God. They prayed to God. If you're not praying, you're not winning. Is what you're doing really worth doing if you can do it apart from prayer? Look at what Benjamin Franklin said before they signed the, the, de the, the U.S. Constitution. They had examined every form of government. They prayed to God during the War of Independence, and they said, have we forgotten so celestial a, a friend? A sparrow doesn't fall from the sky without... I, he says, I propose that we disband and reconvene and, and pray at the beginning of every single... And to this day, in the United States Congress, they begin with prayer. They, they went away for three days, came back, and designed the bicameral legislature as a result of that. So, prayer is important. And then, when you're praying and the outside forces can't get you, the inside do. He's bringing Scott Bressler. James O'Keefe is a James O'Keefe. And it may sound like a woman's voice. I've heard men talk like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, it, it's, it, he's not a Bible teacher. All right. Thanks. Matthew 18 says, you have an issue, go to them. Folks, we have to endeavor to keep the union of the spirit and the bond of peace. The enemy couldn't beat us, but we could destroy ourselves within. Judah said the strength of the laborers. They begin to complain. They begin to sow panic and strife. And then the fabric falls apart. If we don't stand together, we're going to fall apart. Judah was supposed to be the strongest, bravest tribe. It was a tribe of great kings, ultimately the Messiah himself. It was a special discouragement to have this word come from the tribe of Judah. It was sowing division. I, and, and, and in the Anchored series reading this week, this one hit me. Sorry, there we go. These six things the Lord hates. I, I, listen, I don't want God hating me, and I don't want to do anything he hates. These six things the Lord hates. Seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift running to evil, 
and a false witness who speaks lies and one who sows discord among brethren. That is, that is a, a terrible cancer. Uh, I'm not saying you can't disagree, you can disagree. Just talk to the person you disagree with. Endeavor. Call them, talk to them, work it out. Scripturally show them where they're wrong, bring witnesses to resolve it, but don't stand back and sow discord. Yes, well, we're only staying because. That's, why don't you just save yourself the step and go? Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause division and offensives contrary to the doctrine which you learned and avoid them. And, and I love that passage that they put forward because on the surface, they sincerely were thinking this is what it applies to. And Paul, is, or excuse me, John is directly dealing with Gnosticism, how they would redefine who Jesus was. And he was dealing with false teachers who traveled to churches presenting themselves as ministers and Christians. And so it says, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine that Jesus is fully man, fully God, and there's the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. If they don't bring this doctrine, do not receive them into your house nor greet them. For he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. I'm not having Scott Pressler or James O'Keefe come and preach the gospel or speak of Jesus. They're coming to talk about the things that they're doing, exposing lies so that truth could, can be known in their realm of the world. And that's good. Then I said to the nobles and the rulers and the rest of the people, the work is great and extensive and we are separated far from one another on the wall. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet rally to us there. You know what? It doesn't say, when you hear the sound of the trumpets. One guy's calling the shots. And that's the Lord. He's the why in what we're doing. His word is the authority. And I was blessed that my friend and my brother used that word to seek to say, does this hold? Help me understand. That's the appropriate way to do it. Not whispering, gossiping. And I'm not saying it's even happened. I haven't heard of any of that. Please understand. This is, this is the coolest church on the face of the earth. I haven't heard any of that, honestly. I'm just saying, this is how the enemy works. And then you become an instrument. And God hates that. And I, I just think, what's the why in what you're doing? Is it focus on you? Or is it to glorify the Lord? My son called me, I won't say which one, needed advice. And he was lamenting and going on and on and on. And I was patient listening to him. And I said, son, did you just call to... you all your frustration or were you calling for advice I need advice well tell me when you want it because it doesn't sound like you're done because <laughs> you try to speak and interrupt you so I just listened and he goes what do I do dad I said what's the why in what you're doing he goes Jesus is it title, position? No, Dad, it's Jesus. Well, then go put your big boy pants on 
and go serve because if you want to be great in his kingdom, you're a servant of all. Now quit worrying about the rest of that stuff like the world does and go do your job and do it as unto the Lord. Because if we're going to rebuild this nation, you got to quit worrying who gets the credit. And we have to endeavor for unity. And I'll tell you, if you think your position is more noble than someone else's and you're allowed to browbeat them and ridicule them in the body of Christ, you're sorely mistaken. Because there's one person who holds that, and that's the rock, the firm foundation, the why and what we do, Jesus Christ. Who though being God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but took on the form of a servant unto death, even death on a cross. Nails didn't hold him. He's God. He's serving you unto death. Father, if there be any way, but not my will, thy will. Father, we're one. I know what awaits me because you see the beginning from the end and all points in between. I know what awaits me. My soul's in anguish. I'm sweating drops of blood. I'm, I'm physically affected by the intensity of this moment that the sins of the world will be placed upon me. I will be the sinless lamb of God sacrificed. Your son I know what awaits me. I know the Via Dolorosa, the way of pain. I know the cat of nine tails. I know the crown of thorns. I know the, the nails in my wrists and my feet. I know the beating I'm going to endure. I know the spit on my face and the mocking. I know that they're going to strip me and hang me naked in front of all of Jerusalem. I know all this. Is there any other way to resolve this for the people that we love? No, they've committed cosmic treason. The wages of sin is death. I'm a merciful God, but I'm just, and I need to pay that penalty, son. Okay, Dad. Let's go. Nothing can cleanse you of your unrighteousness but the blood of God. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We can't contend for truth. We can't fight for freedom if we don't know the source. We can't endure in a time of devastation when the enemy who hates freedom and wants to enslave is going to use every tool necessary to divide us from out and from within unless we know the God to whom we pray and the strength from which we receive. And he must be the why in what we do. And be patient with those who haven't come to that place yet that they'd be willing to be with us and learn of this great king. No one would ever do this for you. No one could ever do this for you because no one is capable of doing this for you but Jesus. There's no savior coming. This is it. This is the Messiah. All the records have been destroyed in the last fire. I don't know where you think he's gonna come now because they don't know where they come from. He can prove his lineage. He is the Messiah. And when we take communion, we do this to remember that it was his body that was broken and his blood that was shed to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And he, listen, listen, stop. Don't do anything. His body was broken, his blood was shed to, to, to redeem us and cleanse us of all sin. Now, here we go. You want to be forgiven? You want mercy? Be merciful. 
You want to be forgiven? Forgive. God does not tolerate unforgiveness in the life of his kids. Everyone in this room has made tragic mistakes. And none of you, none of you are worse than me. I got you beat in every way, shape, and form. I'm a great sinner, but I serve a mighty Savior. This is the why and what we do. Let's do it together. Lord, we thank you for this body, this bread. On the night you were to be betrayed, you took it. This was the Passover meal. The, the meal of remembrance that we were once slaves and now we're free. And, and standing before them was truth. You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Lord, as, as you being the embodiment of truth, you holding that bread, the bread of life, which was a representation of you, you would die for them. You, you would be broken and you, you broke the bread. And that was you only a few hours in the future as they were beating you and crucified you. And you said, as often as you eat of this, do it in remembrance of me. Your body broken for us. You laid it all on the line. You gave everything for people who didn't even love you. And we thank you, Lord. We take this in remembrance of you, Jesus. Let's take it. This is the cup of the new covenant, Jesus said as he held up the, the cup. He said, this is for the remission of sins. Only his blood, as it says in 1 John, the soap of God, if we confess with our mouth, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. When we're honest with God, he's merciful with us. Only he can forgive what we've done because that is the price, that's the penalty. My son got parking tickets, you gotta pay money for the parking ticket, that's the violation, you pay the money. For cosmic treason, blood must be shed. I can't die for you, I'm a sinner just like you. You can't die for me, you have the same problem, it's intrinsic. But Jesus, fully God, fully man without sin, he went to the cross for you and me. This is under your forgiveness. Jesus loves you, he paid the price and we do it in remembrance of him. Let's take it. That's the why and what we do. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. I'm so grateful for the Lord. And I'm so grateful the Lord brought all of you into my life. I love this place and I'm, I marvel at how we're trying to figure it out the best we can. But I do know this. It is and will always be Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by him. I do what I do because he did what he did for me. And I cannot live a day on this earth without you knowing that. And to think that we do this together, I got a family. I love you guys. Let's worship the why and what we do. Let's worship our God, our King, our Lord, Jesus Christ. Let's worship him.